0: Good morning. Merry Christmas to you. So good to have you here today. Hasn't it been a good morning so far? Thank you to the parents who got their children here for a choir on Christmas Eve. I don't know what you think about that, but I just think it's pretty amazing that uh, they did that. So another round of applause. If you are one of those guests who are here for the first or second time that Leah was referring to, this round of applause is to you from all the regulars at The Rock Church. I have some very special Americans and rural Saskatchewanians in the room today as my whole family is here. So would we'll give my family a round of applause in the middle of the room. Really happy to get to celebrate Christmas with them. And they all came to Saskatoon to do it. Uh, what's going to happen, I'm going to speak for a few more minutes. We're going to sing another song. We'll close in prayer and, and and joy to the world will be our last song of the morning. And then after that, you'll be dismissed to what you have going on. But there's uh, cookies and hot apple cider afterwards. And uh, because one of the meteoro- meteorologists or weathermen in in Saskatoon goes to our church, he ordered that the weather would still be okay to have hot apple cider on the sidewalk if there's not enough room in the foyer. So uh, stick around and uh, meet a new friend or two and have some fun. Who here had a life-changing moment in this past year? Maybe it's positive, maybe it would feel negative. You would say something took place that changed your life in the past year. If you can't think of one for this year, Uh, you will definitely, everybody in this room will have had one or many of them over the course of their lifetime. Changing schools, a family moving, a new best friend, losing a best friend, leaving home to go to school, getting married, not getting married, starting a job, death of a loved one death of a marriage or a divorce, loss of a job, having the amazing trip of a lifetime. We are having our first Christmas without us all being together as an immediate family as my daughter is celebrating Christmas in Thailand. And so it's, uh, yes, I know I don't look that old, but my children are old enough. If you're a guest here today, you're okay to laugh at the silly things today. And if you hear somebody yell out something, funny about the pastor, it's kind of normal here, so you can just make yourself at home too if you think of anything like that, but I am old enough that my children are now of the age where they may not always be around at Christmas. I've had a number of life-changing moments in my life, but those children coming into Leah and my life in 2000 and 2003 were probably the most or close to the most significant life-changing moments that have ever taken place in our lives. It is hard to describe what takes place when you take that little baby and hold them in your hands. You all of a sudden realize that this baby is not a toy that you just get to pull out and play with and enjoy at your own convenience or leisure. The baby comes with its own agenda and is demanding that you put your agenda on hold. Actually not put it on hold, change it for a whole lifetime because they have come to change your day. When a baby shows up, it just kind of says, I filled this space, mom, and you've made room for me, but now I'm coming into the world and I just expect you to make room in your life for me. Your world has changed. Everything you thought you had going on, your priorities, your agenda, the time crunches of your life, the financial resources, whatever you thought your life was full of, a baby comes and says, "Ah, you got room for more. I'm making my way in. I'm coming and claiming, staking my claim, claiming my space. You have to make room for me. And you make room in your life for this new baby, the one that you love. The reality is also true for each one of us with the arrival of the baby Jesus. The arrival of Jesus means that we need to and are indeed invited to make room for Jesus in our life. You ask, how does the arrival of Jesus affect me to the degree that I have to make room for him in my life? Well, today over the next few minutes... We're going to look at how this celebration of this particular event, Jesus coming to earth, this Christmas story, this nativity story that we talk about, Jesus coming as a baby, how it brings the opportunity for change in your life, in my life, if we will only just make room for him. The title of the messages through this Advent season, these four Sundays leading up to Christmas, where we prepare our hearts to celebrate Jesus, remember that he came for us, and remember that he's coming again for us. We did make room for hope, make room for peace, make room for joy and today is make room for love and when you make room for jesus in your life you are making room for love in a world that chases love in all sorts of ways shapes and forms dimensions and directions jesus is not just the epitome check not just symbolically representing love Scripture says that God is love, and when you make room for Jesus in your life, you are making room for love as you've never experienced. We've been reading the account of the nativity story today from Luke chapter 2. There's many other scriptures we could read that all inform and help us understand this Christmas story. Uh, One of the parts is from the Bible, as Leah opened with, Parts written hundreds of years before Jesus came and there was these prophecies and foretelling that the coming of the Messiah, the Son of God, would come to be the Savior of the world. And the Jewish people were looking for that Messiah to come. But then we read in the New Testament that at that time, When Jesus would then come, and in the time after that, it was no longer just for the Jewish nation, but it was going to be open. Salvation would come to all people who would call on his name and receive him as their forgiver, their Lord, their friend, their Savior. And so in Matthew chapter 1, you saw it a bit as the children were retelling the story on the screen. There was this guy named Joseph. He was was engaged to marry this teenage girl, but had never had sexual relations with her. And she would find out that she was pregnant by the power of the Holy Spirit. And Joseph would wonder what on earth he should do. How would he deal quietly with this woman that she, this, in those days it would have been a public shame to be pregnant before being married. How would he deal with her in a way that honored and respected her because he loved her but still kept his own reputation and, and her reputation intact. An angel shows up and says basically don't fret. You don't have to think about this through old means and old methods and old ways of thinking. I'm actually coming to rewrite your thought pattern, and it can begin now as you think about how Jesus is coming into the world. An angel shows up and says in Matthew chapter 1, verse 20, this is speaking about Joseph first, but after he, after Joseph had considered this, this story that I just told you about a, a teenage girl being pregnant an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. Why? Because he will save his people from their sins. And Jesus, that message from the angel was not dismissed by Joseph, but instead he held on to that as his reality. He stayed true to Mary, he stayed true to what God was calling him to, and he saw it through and was a part of seeing Jesus come into this world. Joseph made room in his life to be responsible as the earthly father for Jesus who was coming to save people from their sins. Here's the reality, and Faith Hill says it best, a baby changes everything. She sings it best. In fact, I'd like to sing for you today. No, 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 no. No. I do encourage you to go on YouTube and check out Faith Hill. A baby changes everything. A baby changes everything to the degree that you have to make room in your life for that baby. When you think of all that a baby changes... The mindset, the finances, the energy, the space in your home, how you live, it takes a lot. But the love also changes because that baby brings something into your life you can't imagine. So many parents wonder, how could I have room to love more than my spouse, love more than my other children? But when that baby comes, the love grows. In a way, we've been describing babies changing lives in the natural and in our lives, but this baby Jesus changes our natural lives and our spiritual lives and everything we could possibly think of. Jesus Jesus changes everything so that if you receive him as one sent to be a part of your life, you have to make room for him to the degree that it changes every aspect of your life. Everybody say every That's how much I'm talking about your particular life today, that Jesus hasn't come to check in, to visit occasionally, to be one of those acquaintances, to inconvenience you like some of you are being or you will be. Oh, that's not very nice to say. My relatives are in the room. As they inconvenience you showing up at Christmas. Most of the time it's a good thing. But as my sister reminded me, after three days, your guests are like fish. They start to stink and should go home. (laughs) You do not get to accept Jesus into your life, to recognize him as the coming Savior, Lord, and King, and then give him permission to only a certain part of your life and that which you're comfortable to surrender to him. He's come to affect every part of it. When Jesus showed up 2,000 years ago, he forced change in a bunch of people's lives. People had to clear their calendar, shift priorities, adjust their schedule, change their plans, and it started with Mary. Her life went out the window, as she thought was going to happen. She did not plan to have that baby Jesus. Joseph, you heard his words. me describe that this was not the plan, to have a baby in a stable and to risk this new way of how how God would save the world. The shepherds, they were all out on a hillside, and when Jesus showed up, their plans for that day went crazy that night. And then when they went back, they were totally affected by the good news and began to share it with everybody who would listen. They had a different plan. And then there's the wise men. Their lives were totally interrupted as they had been watching for the one born. But when they saw the star indicating that that prophecy had come true and Jesus had come into the world, they said sayonara to whatever kingdom, palace, place they lived. And they began the journey that would change their life as they came face to face with the Savior. And if you will make room for Jesus to such a degree in your life that you come face-to-face with him and you allow him to adjust your priorities, clear your calendar, and adjust your schedule, you will never be the same because you have made room for love. And he has come for you. You see, the baby Jesus affects many things in our life. One man summed it up that when the fact that Jesus has come into this earth onto this earth forces a decision for every person, whether they want to admit it or not. You don't just get to have the decision of, it doesn't affect my life. Because if you choose that, you're making a decision. It comes down to kind of three things. Jesus showing up means that he's either a liar, and he's not the son of God, and he's just a man goes around deceiving people, It means he's a lunatic and his followers with him, that he's crazy to think that he could be the son of God. And it's crazy for him to make the demands on people and lead people the way. And everybody who follows, follows him is crazy too and part of this crazy Jesus cult. But if he's not a liar, and if he's not crazy and a lunatic, then that only leaves him to be of sound mind in doing what he claims to have done. And that's to show up in this world to be your savior and to be your Lord. That's the reality that everybody is faced with because there's no denying that Jesus showed up on this earth. Whether you believe the Bible or not, it's a historical fact that that man walked on this earth and the claims he made, you either have to accept or deny. And that's the choice for all of us. The baby came, as the angel said to Joseph, to be called Jesus because he will save their people from their sin. And so today at Christmas, we celebrate that the Creator of the world not just sent a baby into the world to live in a manger that we celebrate one day a year, but that that baby grew up. And that the Creator sees us and knows us so well and so much that He sent that baby to do the work that He would do over the next 33 years of His life so that all of us back then and now and everyone to come could have opportunity to have relationship with God. We remember that this Creator sees our sin and our brokenness, but He had a plan in His perfection to make a way for us to come back into relationship with Him. We have to acknowledge that this plan did just not Him involve coming and then everything was fine. It involved Him coming to teach us and show us the way, to die on a cross after living a perfect life, so that He could pay the perfect cost for our debt, our sin, all the wrong we've done against God and mankind to be paid, and He would rise again to. Have power over death and display that, and then ascend again into heaven to pray for you and I. And that He's gone to prepare a place for us. That Christmas isn't just about a day celebrating a baby in a manger, it's represented and started the course of all these other things that you and I must consider and decide whether we will allow it to affect our life. Will we make room for Jesus? Will we decide that His reality becomes our reality? If the answer is yes, then we must make room for him in our lives. But if it's not, then we get to continue to live our lives on our own agenda and dismiss him. Making room when you get a baby, when you get that little baby in this world, is inconvenient. I was going to say it costs you something, but in reality, it costs you everything. It costs you what you have to release. It costs what you have to receive. It costs what you have to do. When you make room for Jesus, you have to recognize the cost that you're giving up your own agenda, your own direction, your own sense of right and wrong. And you are receiving from Jesus his love, his forgiveness, his healing. And then out of being transformed and healed to have this relationship with God... From being a different person, you now live differently as you begin to follow Him. Not to get His attention, not to get His approval, not to get His salvation, but because you recognize that this Jesus who came on a manger, died on a cross, buried in a tomb, rose again and is in heaven today sent his Holy Spirit to live with us on this earth, that we actually are living our lives out of this debt of gratitude, thankfulness, and love, and just the way I want to live every day without purposely offending Leah, and she holds no demands on my life, I just want to love her and do what she wants me to do, that that's our response to our Heavenly Father. That's the response to our Savior. We make room for Jesus and he changes us because God is love. In John chapter 3:16 it says for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son Jesus that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. We say in response to that Jesus coming and wanting to be in our life, we make room by saying Jesus you are God. We are sinners. We need a Savior. I believe you died on the cross to pay for my sin. I believe you rose again to give me eternal life. I receive your salvation and I surrender to you. I make room in my life today. We clear our lifelong calendar. We adjust our lifelong schedule. We change our lifelong priorities to come under the loving gaze and hand of Jesus Christ and we begin to love and serve him for all he has done. The worship team is gonna come up and in just a couple moments, we're gonna sing Silent Night. This message I'm sharing for you today, if you have never heard this message about Jesus talking about him coming to be the savior of the world, it's my privilege to be one of the first people to share that with you. And in a few moments, we're gonna have opportunity to pray just where you're sitting, That if you want to accept Jesus and this gift, and you want to make room for Him in your life, it just begins with a prayer. Some of you, you've heard this today, are considering it again, and you're not going to be ready to pray. But I encourage you to talk with the people who brought you, or other Christians you may know, because they desire to talk about this with you. Some of you have made the decision to make room in your life, maybe this past week, this past year, or past decades. But I present it to you with the same passion I present it to anybody else in this room because the challenge for us as followers of Jesus is will we make room for Jesus as we know him to have as much space and power in our lives that we will live our next year knowing that the good news is for for, for what is ahead, not just what has taken place behind us. And so it's a challenge for all of us in this room. We're going to sing Silent Night. The house lights are going to go down in this room, and I believe a lot of you received the little powered lights, and we're going to turn those on as we start to sing as, our, as part of our candlelight portion of the service. And then I'm going to come back and read a scripture with you and lead you in a prayer if you choose to pray. And remember, we are singing as, as verse 21 had said, She will give birth to a son, you are get to give him the name Jesus and he will save his people from their sins. That is who we are singing about today.